I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. We're live here at the NRA convention and meetings, and I've got the Vortex Nation podcast crew here. Uh, Jimmy, Ryan, thanks for coming on with me today. Appreciate it. Certainly. Thanks for having us. Enjoying the show so far? Yes. Very much so. Excellent. Yeah, and Texas Texas could probably support their own show. If you could only let in Texas residents, you'd probably fill the building. There's no yeah. doubt about that. There's a lot of Texans out there who love guns. Yep. God bless them. Well, I wanted to bring something up that you guys did a few years ago. It was a really cool project, and I want to see, you know, kind of why you picked what you did, and moving forward, how would you do it different today? Because there's been a bunch of advancements uh, up to that point, and that was the the thousand dollars to a thousand yards, um, and I, I just thought that was cool because anybody can do it, and you use components that were available, and Ryan was making it look easy. Uh, yes. Yet, it was great. Yeah. So, what'd you guys do to set that up? I don't remember how the idea came about. Jim kind of took over. Well, do you remember? So, like, this was around the time when we had very first come out with a Diamondback Tactical. And so, I mean, at, the, at, at like, time of recording now, we have a great number of rifle scopes that are in the um, capable of doing long range for not a tremendous amount of money category. Mm-hmm. But at that time, the Diamondback Tactical second focal plane, mind yep. you, a 3 to 9 and a 4 to 12, we're like, oh my gosh. I mean, our minds were blown by the fact that for about 300 or 350 bucks, you could get this optic that had a, uh, it had essentially what was our VMR reticle. Yep. You could get it uh, with, well, it came with an exposed elevation and windage turret. Yep. And it had pretty decent optical quality. Yep. Um, and so we were like, you could actually dial this thing to some pretty extended ranges. And I just kind of started putting the numbers together in my head, I remember, and I'm like, okay, so like a thousand yards, that's obviously the big milestone everybody thinks about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, this scope is like 300 bucks. And then I'm like, that Ruger American over there in 6.5 Creedmoor, I mean, that's like at the time it was a $400 gun or a $350 gun, whatever it was. Um, and I'm like, geez, the rings aren't that expensive. We throw in some factory Hornady loads, we'd be shooting a thousand yards. And I'm like, for less than a thousand bucks. And that was it. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang, boom. Done. And, and so we just kind of put it all together. It was our pro rings, I think, we even used. We didn't have to go down to, like, the, uh, you know, like, kind of entry-level nope. rings. We actually used a decent set of rings. Everything was, like, really excellent quality, entry-level, reasonably speaking. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was staggering, I would say. Because, you know, we went out there with Ryan. I mean, it's not that I didn't think that we could do it. But then as it started to unfold before my very eyes, I was like, wow, you can... You can you don't need to spend a, a buttload of money yeah to shoot pretty yeah. darn well and it wasn't like you guys were just hitting a target you were hitting it with consistency and repeatability if, if I recall it was eleven consecutive impacts and it was a, a standard Ipsic target yeah. so I think they're twenty seven by eighteen mm-hmm. um, or thereabouts and yeah. uh, I think we had a I think we had a second round impact um, I was low on the first shot I had three over the chronograph and, and at least got a, a baseline. Um, turned in the adjustment and I saw my, my first round impact was I think like two and a half MOA low and then just gave it the rest and then ran them. Yep, That's bang, bang, awesome. Bang. And what cartridge was that in? Uh six five Creedmoor. So that was oh, yeah. that was one forty ELDM box mm-hmm. ammo, white box. That was Back those were the ammo. first rounds through that gun. Really? Yeah. No, no break in, bolted together. No, no I, that was that was flat out, yeah. Just from everything was from the factory. And I remember we had two gals out with us who were uh 
on the marketing team at Vortex at the time, and they were pretty new shooters. I don't think that they'd tried even remotely shooting at a thousand yards no. before. Now, granted, you had it all dialed in, but they just kind of got behind the scope, and uh, and they also hit it a thousand yards too. It yeah. was like, I mean, within I think one of them even had a first round impact for for them. You yeah. know, uh, very cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. And when you look at that, was just a couple of years ago, or maybe. I say a couple it, was, years. it was a handful because yeah, we, no. we were still at our old building. Okay, um, so now we're going back. Yeah, yep. four or five years ago, maybe. So we we I moved into so. the new HQ in 2018. So it was okay. it was before that. So when you look at ammo, or at least when we look at ammunition production, when I kind of started in the industry in 2013, and certainly prior to that, factory ammo was like, yeah, you could get by, and it was good ammo, and yep. you know, there's a bunch of people making good ammo, but but the real serious long range shooters, they were everything was a handload. Yep. And when we launched our ELDX and our ELD match line of bullets and subsequent lines of ammo, I feel like that was a turning point, not just for Hornady, but for the industry where the quality of the factory ammunition just went to that next level. Yeah. And, you know, you used to reload to, to get better performance. And now a lot of folks are reloading to duplicate factory performance. Oh, yeah. And, and actually, Jimmy and I have done exactly that. Just to do it, right? Yeah, we, yeah we, reloading to the extreme. We shot the Vortex Extreme with reloaded ammo. Mark and myself, Mark, who's completely like inept at anything mechanical whatsoever, we reloaded and, and we pretty much just went to match factory. Yeah, exactly correct. So we just duplicated the load. But, but to your point, I, I think that the ammunition is one thing. The cartridge is another very significant advancement. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, when I, when we've had this conversation over at our booth at the show here, like people ask the question, like, what should I get? And, and in almost every scenario and conversation, if it's hunting or long-range precision shooting, et cetera, we come back to the 6.5 Creedmoor, and then they're like, well, how's the ammo? I was like, you just go buy a Hornady factory ammo and you're done. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You just you turn the key in the thing and you drive it away. Yeah. That, that really lends itself to our design philosophy. Yeah. So when, you know, every cartridge we've designed since 2006 or five or so starting with the 30 tc and onward yeah. uh, uh chronologically we really have the accuracy from the chamber design standpoint figured out yeah. and so when we design a cartridge uh chamber uh, we design the cartridge in the chamber at the same time and the dimensions that we specify lend themselves to that quote unquote taboo term of inherent accuracy sure. if you cut a chamber to the standard dimensions that we've supplied to sammy you are going to end up with a reamer uh, that is going to cut a chamber that is as close to match grade as you need and lends itself to being accurate in the $350 Ruger American yep. or the $3,500 custom rifle. Yep. Um, you're going to get really forgiving accuracy across the course. And that's the 30TC, which is you know uh, not a popular cartridge anymore, but that gave birth to the 6.5 Creedmoor, the 6 yep. Creedmoor, the 6mm arc, both the PRC cases. Um, and that, yeah, that turnkey accuracy you can't you can't ask more than that yeah yeah uh, that's just fantastic now let's talk about the optics though because the scope you said there's some advancements there that uh at the time were, were pretty groundbreaking you know an exposed turret uh, a good optical quality obviously enough to see uh out to a thousand yards a good reticle yeah yeah at a, an incredibly affordable price well yeah the, i mean the hilarious thing about that is that like ryan said was you know five maybe even going on six years ago or something like that and already we're to the point where for the same amount of money that you were buying that second focal plane for a one inch tube, very simple, three to nine or four to 12, the same price now, you're actually able to go out and get uh, a Venom, yep. if same price or very close, 
the Venom 5 to 25 by 56, 34 millimeter tube, first focal plane uh, rifle scope with parallax adjustment. Uh, I mean, it's got every, it's got the EBR7C reticle in it or 7D. Yeah, mechanical zero stop. Oh my gosh. Yep. It's unbelievable. And like just in that short amount of time, you know, we could do the video over again and we would have, we would have, uh, you know, people were looking at Ryan shooting a three to nine uh, by 40 and kind of like, hey, that's really cool. I mean, he's like a really good shooter. You know, I'd like to have more magnification or, you know, maybe not in a, in a full on competition. Would I use something like that? Um, but now the Venom is like, why wouldn't you use this in a competition? Yeah, you know, 100%. I guess, yeah, maybe if you can afford a Razor or a PST or something like that, go for it. But like, why wouldn't you? This is, this has now everything. There's, a, there's next to no compromise, you know, aside from a, a few of the really like high speed features or that optical quality you might get. There's otherwise next to no compromise. Yeah. That's fantastic. So if we could redo this over today, go to the gun shop and bolt one together, what would you guys change? Would you change anything? Obviously maybe upgrade to that Venom scope. Sticking with the Ruger American, sticking with the 6.5 Creedmoor, there's obviously some more options out there now. I mean, I'd love to say all of, yes to the above, but it would seem too easy. I, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Ryan has thoughts on this. I'd love yeah. you to elaborate on <laughs> if we did version two. Okay, so I have two I have two thoughts, and one is kind of tongue-in-cheek, so so bear with me. A lot of people didn't like that I had a bipod on that gun. Um, and a suppressor. And a suppressor. I forgot about the can. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people didn't like that because they felt that that was an unfair advantage. And And... That's true. In general, it was like a very, very piecemealed situation. I think I had in the back of my Ford Escape um, a Caldwell shooting bag. I was like, I should use this for a rear support. It just looks terrible. Like the form is horrible. And so part of me wants to get like a single shot, break action, exposed hammer, whatever, <laughs> in, in Creedmoor or in 308, just some good cartridge with yeah. good ammo, same ammo, um, and, and just duplicate it, but to actually take two sticks cut from the woods and some duct tape and, and then like fashion some sort of shooting rest. But that's kind of also a slight, not yeah. 550 cord, maybe get that yeah. involved somehow. Yeah, yeah. But, but then again, like as you're talking about this and I'm thinking about this, it's like, well, cartridges exist now like 300 PRC and, and 300 PRC is a pretty special cartridge, right? Mm -hmm. um, rifles exist chambered in PRC that are not disproportionately more expensive than the one that we were running. Um, optics like the Venom do exist with a much taller travel range. And I'm thinking about, okay, well, what, oh. what is my max effective on that? I know where we're going with this. Yeah. yeah. And, and technology exists now that using programs like Ford off, we could, we could really learn a lot about a lot in a little bit of time. And we could probably push that envelope. I think we could do one mile for 1000 yards. Wait a minute. One Wait, mile for one thousand dollars. Or, excuse me, one mile for one thousand. What is the conversion of yards to dollars? Sorry, it's like yeah. Stanley Nichols. To <laughs> shoot <laughs> yeah, shoot pucks. Yeah. I'll give you a thousand Stanley Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do do one mile for a thousand bucks. I mean, I think it's absolutely possible. I'm doing the numbers in my head. If you can see the the math floating around, yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of beautiful mind. I I recall us at the time coming in at uh, we were just shy of a grand at like nine seventy. Okay, so we'd have to stretch that out a little bit. Something like that. Yeah, because we might. I want to get like the 20 MOA expensive. rail and we, yeah, something like that. Well, yeah. I mean, I could, I could put a pen and paper to this. I'm, I really need to look at it. Um, but I'm, I'm confident we could be really close. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Or, or even, plus, yeah, 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 anyway, no, go for I it. was going to say, even you could, we could maybe do it in two phases. Take the, that original Ruger American in 6.5 Creedmoor, which you've already absorbed the cost of 350 or 400 bucks. Upgrade it with a, maybe a different mm. base, set of rings, new scope. And, and I, I'm sure we've all shot the Creedmoor to a mile. It's, it's not the best cartridge in the world for it, but 
you can certainly do it with some consistency. Yep. That would be cool. And then maybe stretch the budget a little bit to do something in 300 PRC. Yeah. And just start dropping bombs out there at a mile because, you know, you'd mentioned earlier, Jim, that the the thousand yards is kind of the, the benchmark and it's almost laughable at this point in time, you know, with Ford off, with ammo, with great optics, with good chambered guns, it's it's not that much of a challenge anymore. Yeah. And now it's not just hitting something. It's how small of a group can I shoot? So push that yeah. boundary out to the magic mile. Yeah. It was yeah. not long ago that, um, it wasn't long before I came to Vortex. It was probably about a year before I came to Vortex where I broke a thousand yards. And I remember thinking like, what an experience that was. And, and I'm not saying it's easy now, mm-hmm. but the, the equipment certainly takes a lot out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's super doable. I mean, heck, at this point, though, like we're, we're starting to talk about uh, distances, like you're saying, you know, a thousand yards, there's there's feels like less of a challenge. Order. It feels a little bit less uh, of that mystique around it. Right. But, you know, you still got to find ways because not everybody's going to be able to shoot at a mile. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to find the right range to shoot at yeah. in order to do that. But, you know, and then like you said, maybe you can shoot a tighter group or, or something along those lines at a thousand yards. And there's always ways to make it more difficult. Um you know, but, uh, but the fact of the matter remains, I think that there is so much in the industry now that's making it so, uh, approachable and so easy for your regular guy or gal to buy stuff that they need to do something that like previously just would have been uh, almost unheard of. You know what I mean? And like, and I love the fact that the industry has, there's, there's simple things like even when you look at ARs, and I don't want to go too far off topic, but remember when it used to be like you'd be trying to buy an AR, and you're like, okay, I, I got to make sure I get the uh, the mil spec buffer tube and not the commercial spec buffer tube, and it's like, okay, I got to make sure that like I get the lower receiver that has the right size trigger pin holes or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so much weirdness around, and nothing actually worked together quite right. right. And As now was- people have like we've smoothed out those ridges, and stuff's starting to work together really well. Your ammo. You know, a gun from, in that case, again, Ruger, who's, you know, we're, we're plugging there, but, you know, the scope from Vortex, the rings from Vortex, the base from EGW, whatever it is, everything is just working together so nicely yeah. now. Yeah, that 100%. And, and, and we probably can't advance the conversation at all with talk, without talking about rangefinders, because yeah. I've talked about this on our podcast and other venues before. When I was first cutting my teeth into shooting stuff far away, the Bushnell rangefinder, range and nothing against that rangefinder, it's just the way it worked. Range to 250 yards. Yeah. So to shoot 500, you stake the target in the ground, you drive your truck into the hayfield, you range the target, you put a flag in the ground, drive your truck, and then walk back yeah. and range your truck. Yeah. And that oh, was yeah. how you got to 500. Now, the push of a button, you've got 2,000 yard, 3,000, 4,000 yard ranging car- capabilities. The, before you can get your finger off the trigger, you got to return range. Yeah. And yeah. with a higher degree of accuracy. Yeah, that, yeah. That's been, that, that's really been in pretty short order just within the last half a decade or so, yeah, hasn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. My, Very much. My, my first big time rangefinder, I, I paid $874 plus change after tax. And the, the capability of that rangefinder has been superseded by just about everybody now, and you're at a fraction of the price. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and absolutely. I, I mean, what, what we could do at one point in time. That success was completely and totally predicated on the rangefinder and, and that, that product, rangefinders in general, um, and then the, the products that are in symbiosis with it have, have changed the dynamic of the field completely. Mm-hmm. The things that we can do now yep. because we can actually find out how far we are to the target without, without having to make a few stops along the way. You're right. I was yeah. just at your booth looking at the new Crossfire, the newly yeah. released Crossfire rangefinder, ranging capability past 1,000 yards, yep. 
And again, you get the range back is yeah. before you can yep. release the trigger. It's amazing. Well, what was it, Ryan, when we came out with the Ranger 1000, Vortex's first rangefinder? Yep. That was like 2012. Yep. So yeah, in 2012, our flagship rangefinder, and we were all like, it can do what? It was a thousand yard rangefinder. Yep. And now we're like, oh yeah, this is our entry level rangefinder. It's a $200 rangefinder, thousand yard capability. It's got first mode. It's got, you know, it's got like all these modes Stand on it, angle compensation, illuminated display. Yep. Like it's got all this stuff on it. It's like, yeah, so that's where our entry level is. Then we go to 2000, 3000, 4000, the Fury 5000, Fury 5000 with ballistics on board. And you're like, man, that was, that was not much time. Yeah. Don't somebody push fast forward real fast. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. Well, guys, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me. I, that was a cool project. I'm glad you guys did it. We yeah. need to look into maybe the one mile for $1,000 or yards. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Whatever the conversion yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we can Google that conversion. Yeah, so. Preston, put that on the Googleizer. Awesome. Well, yeah. again, thanks for, for sitting down with me. We need to get you guys on the show uh, on, on the long form and talk about optics because it's something that I don't know very little about. You know, I bolted on and moved the turret. And that's my level of understanding. So if we're doing our job, that should be all you ever have to know. Right on. <laughs> that's true. Don't, you don't, you don't need to know more. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> well, Thanks, guys, guys, appreciate you listening in and we'll catch you on the next one.